This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. All right, all right. Good morning and welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. My name is Matt. And I'm Jessica. We are on day two. Pastor Dan is on vacation right now, so we have taken over two in a row. How fun. Two in a row. It's Super fun. fun. It's Tuesday, January 7th. Wow. Weekend 2020. Here we are. It's amazing, huh? Mm-hmm. Still amazing to me. 2020. I think it'll be amazing till like September. <laughs> and then it'll be like almost 2020 is over. So since it's the new year... Our last show yesterday, I asked you what your favorite Christmas present was. Today, I have a new question for you. Uh Uh-oh. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I should have pre-planned this. You know, I have really, I usually do. So, for instance, last year I had a goal, let's call them goals, to read 100 books in the year. And I did. I read 105 um, and I am having a really hard time committing now, were to these that. Like, like one, two page books or no, what? No, like Jeez. legitimate books, you know, like two, three hundred pages. Um, What's your, what was one of your favorite books? Oh, I did a top 10 on my Instagram. So you can find that at Jessica Stahlbaum or I can just tell you right now. Um, Crushing by T.D. Jakes was one of my favorite books this year, as well as Nomad by Chadi Orozco, who was one of our guest speakers at our Flourish conference. She wrote a book, and it was really, really good as well. Um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, I think is his last name, was another one of my top tens. So, yeah, it's hard. When you read 105 books, it's really actually hard to pick 10 of them that you really enjoyed, so... Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I'm really having trouble committing <laughs> to another goal like that this year. So, I was hoping you'd have a goal I could steal. Um, I'm goal to lose some weight. You don't need to lose weight. You're so handsome. Well, I just want—I don't even care if I lose weight. I just want to <laughs> transfer the weight, like from blubber <laughs> into muscle. Okay. Like weight, weight transfer. Can I get a witness out there Woo-woo. today? Like, get some of this blubber, move it into these biceps and these triceps. Yeah. Get this thing going. Yeah. Lane, does that sound like a great plan? It does. That's the dream, y'all. Tra- weight transfer. Dream. That's a good. That's our goal. This I don't year. even care what I weigh. Weight transfer. Yeah, that's hilarious. I just want to fit in like my like my pants better. Is yeah. that a goal? Is that's that a, a good, good goal? goal. That is a very very good goal. Yes, I think I'd like to eat more vegetables. Well, I don't. I won't like to eat more vegetables, but I think it's a good goal to eat. more I'm vegetables. definitely going to eat healthier. Yeah. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Check back again in September. Yeah. Anyway, this is Morning Breath, your drive time devotion, sure to jumpstart your day. We hope it is jumpstarting your day as it is jumpstarting ours. You can find out more about Morning Breath on our website, eccc.us, or you can check out our podcast or our app really is the way to go. East Coast app. Check it out on any app store. And you can find uh, the East Coast app. It has everything. It has morning breath. It has our um, all the information for our church. If you don't have a home church, we would love for you to find your home at our church, East Coast Christian Center. We have four locations in Brevard County and 11 services every weekend. So there's got to be a time that works for you. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, we've got a, some stuff coming up soon. Yeah, tomorrow actually is Wednesday Night Live. Yeah. And your dad, Pastor Dan, is going to be talking about his new book called Positioning for Breakthrough, which is excellent, which is on my 2020 reading list. And uh, he's going to be talking all about, about that tomorrow night at our Merritt Island campus, 7 p.m. Yeah, and we both already started the book this year. Yep. So that's great. It's an awesome book. It, it is. If It kind of just begins to help you categorize your life into what things do I need 
better stewardship, governance, yeah. administration, oversight. And basically through um, great examples, he kind of begins to show you how just by making simple changes, mm-hmm. you can radically transform uh, different areas of your life. You know, just by getting a new, for instance, uh, let's see, internet service plan, you could save $40, $50 a month. Yeah. And what that could turn into over a year could be something that you've been trying to save for and haven't been able to get. Yeah. Really, really good practical <laughs> principles. I love it. I'll be teaching from that book. Yeah. On tomorrow night. So also we have new ECCU, East Coast Christian University classes starting this Thursday. And we are starting a week of prayer in the morning next week, starting January 13th. We're also starting our devotion that week as well. So get our app because all of that stuff is on there um, for free. Yeah. Very easily accessible. And we'll be starting fasting and prayer and all sorts of things. And we've got a new message series coming out. And we've been just kind of teasing the thought of 2020 focus on the one thing that matters Mm -hmm. focus on the one thing that matters we'll be talking about the vision that god has for east coast christian center what we're going to be aiming towards uh, what we'll be doing last year we really focused our vision around one soul like like going after one person we saw over 2100 people make decisions for christ at our church last year um it was just an incredible time we'll be talking about that i'll be sharing uh some things on one word like a word that God has for you this year. I feel like God's given me a word for our church, for East Coast, and for the for what we're going to be focusing on, and we'll be hearing about that uh, actually this Sunday coming yeah, up. This so, coming Sunday. Yeah, check it out. Make sure to be there. So we are in Luke <clears throat> chapter 5. We did Luke chapter 4 yesterday, so if you missed that, go back and check that out on our app. But today is Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse through verse 19, and you're going to start on verse 20. Perfect. I must say to you, read. Now it happened that while Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also called the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding all around him and listening to the word of God, that he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little distance from the shore. And he sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish. Simon replied, Master, we worked hard all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But at your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets again. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were at the point of breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats with fish so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all his companions were completely astounded at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. Jesus said to Simon, Have no fear. From now on you will be catching men. After they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man covered with an advanced case of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean and well. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Jesus ordered him to tell no one that he might happen to meet. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your purification, just as Moses commanded, as a testimony or witness to them that this is a work of Messiah. But the news about him was spreading further, and large crowds kept gathering to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray in seclusion. 
One day, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present with him to heal. Some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed, and they tried to bring him in and lay him down in front of Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and removed some tiles to make an opening and lowered him through the tiles with his stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or say, Rise up and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. He said to him, Follow me. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And the scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine, skin, wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says, The old is better. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verse 5 actually really stuck out to me. And it was when Simon replied, Master, we worked hard all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But at your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets again. And I think even when we don't understand, or really especially when we don't understand what Jesus may be asking us to do, we have to trust and obey. It's not just trusting and not any action. We have to trust and then take action. Like he said, we've been trying this. It's it's not working. We're exhausted. But if you say so, we'll do it again. And these words, trust and obey, I have filled journals with these words, trust and obey, especially probably two years ago. It was like I every morning that I would read my morning birth chapter and do my soap devotion with it, I would just... I felt like the Lord was just telling me, trust and obey. Whatever I'm telling you to do, trust and obey. And we often don't know why and never, I don't don't think, do we know how the thing is going to happen. But I think just being submitted and willing to trust and then obey, it just starts with that step of obedience, just that one small step. And uh, 
God will take care of the rest because like we said yesterday, it's not by my human power or strength or ability that he's asking me to do anything. It's by his spirit. So So what's what's so difficult about trusting? I think trusting is hard because you like I said you can't see the why sometimes and you can't see the how. And so as a human, we I, I know for me I'm like here's my day and I've planned it and this is exactly how it's going to go. I can trust that because that's my plan. But when we can't see the plan, we only see little bits and pieces of it. It's really hard to trust and take that step forward. You think, you know, there's fear of failure. There's all sorts of fears that will try to rise up that yeah. make it hard to trust. Trust usually also indicates that you're doing something uh, new or you're doing something that maybe you're not sure you want to do mm-hmm. or that you're not comfortable with. Verse 39, Jesus is talking about fasting and he says, and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better. And what this is, I think, a reference to is we like things the way that we like them. We mm-hmm. don't like change. We don't like, you know, it's like, hey, this is, you know, we're talking about old wine. Like, this is my favorite wine. I don't want that new stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, take take out wine and put in something else. Like, you want it the way that you want it. You want it the way that you like it. Mm-hmm. And then no one immediately is like, hey, I, all this great stuff that I have that I really, really like, give me something new and totally radically different. Right. I want that instead. People aren't like that. They want what they want. They want what they like. The desire for something new naturally comes into play when you don't want what's the old thing anymore. When you Mm -hmm. don't want that old whatever, then you want something new. And following the Lord, uh, you've got to begin to walk in the new things before your desire for them actually come and line up. Mm -hmm. God is always going to lead you into new things that you're not comfortable with. Uh, that you're not ready for, that you don't have a, enough schedule for, that you think you don't have the ability for. You're going to have all these excuses and all of these reasons. Um, and, you know, it's not that he's going to take you in places that you weren't designed to be in or that you won't love or that you won't like. It's God's going to stretch you beyond your current capacity, your current abilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are always going to be resistant to that. That's just how it is. And you might be like, God, but I want the new thing, God, so bad. I hate this old thing. God might be literally going, I need you to learn how to be happy in what mm-hmm. you have. And faithful. And faithful with what you have before I take you into that new thing. You're not ready for that new thing. And so sometimes yeah. our desire for the new, God's like, nah, sorry, not yet. Not yet. Yep. You're not ready for it yet. Yeah. And I know you want it super bad, but I, what I want you to do is earn some character and earn some trust with me that you can do what I've called you to do. Yeah. And it works it works really well. And so that word trust is typically hard and obey is really hard mm-hmm. because we generally have desires pushing us other directions. Totally true. Something else that I noticed in that portion of scripture is that they had tried to fish all night and they had struggled. It had not worked. And then when the miracle came and when they went back out and they trusted and they obeyed and their nets were filled to overflowing to the point where they had to call in other boats and partnership had to happen and the things that they couldn't do alone, you know, they had to bring other people. There's so much in this. But the side note of this is that without the struggle and the lack and really the failure that they had experienced, the increase of catching all those fish would not have been as 
huge. It wouldn't have been felt as abundant. It wouldn't have really felt like a, a miracle without the lack. And so I thought that was cool to think about seasons of lack and seasons of hard things. Maybe 2019 was very difficult for you. 2019 was not my favorite year ever. It was a little difficult. But I know that there's a verse in Psalm 66, 12 that says, we've been through the fire, we've been through the water, but you, Jesus, have brought us out to a place of abundance. And I think without that fire and the refining and the and going through the, the flood and all those things, without that, the abundance doesn't have that same oomph factor, you know? So God uses all things. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. Um, I think that God also catches Matthew in a place where he had got to this point where he'd earned all this wealth and he had become a very successful tax collector. But he realized um, not that it wasn't working anymore, like the fishermen, they were trying to catch fish and couldn't catch fish. Jesus caught them then. He catches Matthew at actually the pinnacle of all his success. Mm -hmm. But Matthew realizes the point of what I'm doing and the reasons why I'm doing it is wrong. Like he catches him when it's like, you're a tax collector. You're taking all your energy and all your strength. And the tax collectors in those days were not like our current tax collectors from the IRS who are great people. You know, we're not worried about tax, you know, tax people today. But yeah. back then they were taking from Jews for the Romans. And the way that they earned their wealth is by taking extra, yeah. like some extra money. And uh, the reason why America was founded is one of the reasons because of tax and taxation without representation. In other words... We were getting taxed by people that lived in England mm -hmm. and didn't live in the United States. And so the, you know, American Americans of this day that we know, the George Washingtons and all of that, they're like, look, we're tired of this nonsense. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you're taking from us. And what are we getting out of this? Nothing. And so they we wanted our own government, right? Yep. Well, that's what these tax collectors were doing. They but and they were also betraying their own people and skimming off the top. So like say taxes were at fifteen percent, they were taking twenty percent and keeping five percent for themselves. And so God Jesus takes Matthew at this point of success, but also realizing why have I done all this? Like what is the point of my life? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great question for us to ask ourselves is why are we doing all that we're doing? Like, is it for good reasons? You know, is it is it just to earn our wealth and all that stuff? Or could we maybe think about our lives as I want to have impact in the world? Yeah. Like it's okay to have a retirement and it's okay to have a good job. It's okay to save and, and, and create a legacy for your children. Those are great biblical principles. But why are you doing what you're doing? Is there a greater purpose? Like what if your life had, had more meaning to it? Like your wealth was going to help something or, you know, build a church or, you know, support kids, uh, foster children coming coming from homes and things like that, you mm -hmm. know, like getting out and finding Jesus or what if there was a greater purpose to what you're doing? I think that's something really, really interesting to think about yeah. that we could ask ourselves, especially right here at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. Back to trust, verse 11 says that after they brought their boats to land, they left everything. So they just came into this like basically huge windfall. They left it all. I mean, it seems to me like they actually left it for other people to maybe to glean from and to harvest. And then they became his disciples and followed him, trusted him and followed his example. And uh, we have a few people in our lives that recently finally gave their lives to Jesus. They surrendered their lives and we were speaking with them and they both said, we've tried all our lives to do it our own way. 
and it's not working. And we know that this is the way to go. We know that everything that we've tried to do, we've failed. Um, It's just caused havoc in our lives and the lives of the people around us. And now it's time to just go all in and do things God's way. And that is trust. That is leaving everything they've ever known and started to follow him. And we're just, it's just our privilege and honor to walk alongside people and to encourage them in their, in their new walk with Jesus. And to think about the 2,100 people who we know through East Coast, through coming to our services and hearing um, the gospel and giving their lives to Jesus, like now they have to take that next step to, to, they've trusted and obeyed. And now they have to follow him leave everything behind and follow him and trust that his way is better. Yeah. And what I actually got um, from verse 10 is, they didn't leave everything behind. Like Jesus didn't vanquish all that they had done. And yeah. he actually said, look, your ability to catch fish, I'm going to take some of your ability and I'm going to transform that and your ability to go find people mm-hmm. to bring them to me. Yeah. And so uh, what I love about that is you don't have to be so afraid that God's going to take your life and dump it on its head and you're going to be, you know, you're off doing something that you've never done before and all that. No, he's going to take all that you've gone through in your life when you give it over to him and he's going to transform that into something powerful for him. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, the disciples having to follow Jesus around, you know, dealing with all the chaos and all the craziness and all the the battling and all that stuff. Um, when you're a fisherman, that's what you do. You follow fish through storms. You follow fish through through the whole night of fishing and fishing again the next day. You mm-hmm. don't catch fish. You got to keep fishing. Yeah. And uh, I think the disciples' moxie came into play that God, he took their moxie and he took their fisherman grit. Yep. And he transformed that into following people. That's a good um, I love that idea for our lives because God will take your creativity. He'll take your business skills. He'll take whatever you've you've put in and he'll say, let me transform that into something powerful. Yeah. Um, anything else on that? Otherwise we can move on to the next thing. Oh, we can go on. Okay. Verse 13. Uh, I love this question. Verse 12, actually, he says, Lord, are you willing? If you're willing, you can make me clean. This is a really cool chapter of the Bible, actually, where we get a lot to verse or chapter four too, where we get a lot of our teaching on healing Mm -hmm. and that God wants to heal us, that God wants to take care of us. And he asks him, Jesus, this leper, he's like, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus is like, I am willing. Yep. Let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we wonder if God is willing to do things. Like, does he is he willing to, to care for us? Is he willing to heal us? Is he willing to try one more time with us? Because we've, you know, we've resisted him and we've ran from him one more time. Mm-hmm. Is he willing? And the character of Jesus is he is willing. He's like, yep, I'm going to keep reaching my hand out. I'm going to keep healing. I'm going to keep going after you. The Bible says that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. Yet we've left him and we've betrayed him. Yet we've done all these things and ran from him. He won't do that to us. Yep. He is totally willing. And I just love the willingness of Christ. It's unparalleled by anyone. Yeah. Like my willingness stops and his that's like where his begins. You right. know, it's like where you're unwilling, he is completely willing yeah. to keep going. One of Jesus' names is friend of sinners. And I think one of the biggest lies Satan tries to uh, push on us to perpetuate is that we must be perfect before we come to him. 
right? But no, he actually is the opposite. We need to come to him. He gets in the middle of our mess and he redeems it. He takes all of our life. He redeems it, restores it, and then uses it for our good and his glory. And he is willing. He is more than willing. He just, all we have to do is come and then trust him and then go on our journey. So we have been in Luke chapter five and we are going to finish up right after this break. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. With buying and selling homes in the Melbourne, Florida area, Pineapple Farms is here to assist you. Pineapple Farms, serving Brevard County since 2011. For more information, go online to pineapplefarms.com or call at 321-426-0081. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Morning Breath. Welcome back. We're finishing up Luke chapter 5, and I just wanted to mention verse 20. It says that uh, when Jesus saw their active faith springing from confidence in him, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And I just thought this is where our faith must always spring from. Confidence in him. Confidence in Jesus, not in myself, not confidence in my abilities or my circumstances or my natural understanding. 
only confidence in him. And I was talking to a friend who had a really tough year and they had gone to a counseling appointment and I said, how did it go? And they said, we have a lot of work to do on our marriage. We have a lot of work to do. And I said, you know what? That is the perfect response to that because you are recognizing that there is work to do. But don't forget this part. Don't forget confidence in Jesus. Faith springing from confidence in him, knowing, like Matt said earlier, that he has never left you. He will never forsake you. He never changes. He's always there for you. But you have to invite him into your situation. Yes, you have work to do, maybe on your life or in your marriage or as a parent or in your job. But you have to invite Jesus in and then have confidence in him, have faith in him and know that he will perfect all that concerns you. But really, what you do have to remember as well is that to put down your pride, like pride can ruin any relationship. So humble yourself. It says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So when you're inviting him in, you're humbling yourself and you're saying, I don't know how to do it, but I know you do, Lord. So we leave you with that. We hope you have a wonderful day and we hope you join us tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.